G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Well, over the past month or so, at this time of year, lots of school students have been graduating and enjoying end-of-year formals. Some reflection today on one school in Sydney, St Ursula's College, that advised its female students that they could not bring another female as their partner to the end-of-year formal. Well, uh, there's been some reported outrage that suggests that after Australia's vote to allow same-sex marriage, surely the 2,000-year-old teaching of the Church on Sexuality has been updated with modern times. Well, James McPherson, independent journalist, political commentator and host of the Sky News program The Late Debate, is back with us. Hey, James, welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Thanks for having me. Uh, James, St Ursula's is a Catholic girls' school and uh, people act surprised that Christian schools have a biblical take on same-sex relationships. What are your reflections on St Ursula's? (laughs) You're absolutely right. It's amazing when people enrol their children in a Catholic school only to be surprised later on that the Catholic school is in fact Catholic. So every school has their end-of-year formals and students obviously very much look forward to them and most schools have policies about who you can and can't bring for instance some schools have policies that you can't bring students from other schools you've got to bring a partner who is from the actual school itself Uh, christian schools typically have policies introduced more of late because this never used to be an issue but of late christian schools have had to introduce policies saying Uh, If you're going to bring a partner, it's got to be of the opposite sex. You can't bring a same-sex partner. And this has something to do, as you alluded in your introduction, with the uh, fact the church has a 2,000-year-old doctrine on sexuality, which uh, is quite a surprise, it seems, to a lot of people who enrol their children at Christian schools, particularly at uh, St. Ursula's in Sydney. And there's been a fair bit of activity in Sydney Talkback Radio. A lot of hosts been milking the opportunity to put the boot into the church here. Uh, what are your reflections on what you've been hearing these days? You're based in Sydney. I, I'm not surprised when people disagree with church doctrine. I mean, you either believe it or you don't. You like it or you despise it. Uh, that's been the case for 2,000 years. What surprises me is the uh, complete lack of logic in any of the arguments. For instance, Chris Smith on 2GB, he's a very popular radio host here in Sydney. He told listeners that St. Ursula's Catholic College, saying that you can't bring your lesbian partner to the school formal, he said it was a disgrace, and he added, I went to a Catholic school. It's 2,023 people. Seriously, get over yourselves. What's interesting about that, and you'll find this uh, often in the media, that people quote the date and think they're making an argument. But simply telling us what the date is is not a slam-dunk winning argument because the fact that it's 2023 makes no difference to the church because the doctrines of the church don't follow the times. They're timeless. Uh, It wouldn't matter if it's 2023 or um, 3023. 
church doctrine is church doctrine. God doesn't sit in heaven, you know, following the, the, the latest fetishes and fads of popular culture and adjusting himself to suit. So um, when Chris Smith says, you know, surely the church should get with the times. No, no, the church doesn't get with the times. The church is beyond the times. Uh, to imagine God sits in heaven uh, recreating himself in our image um, is the height of narcissism. It's actually the opposite way around. We're made in God's image, not he in ours. And then Ben Fordham uh, on 2GB as well, who's also very popular, um, he made the point um, that we voted for same-sex marriage in 2017. And, of course, 61% of Australians voted yes in the plebiscite on same-sex marriage. So he couldn't understand why, if the countries voted for same-sex marriage, the Catholic Church wouldn't be on board with same-sex marriage, as if Christian doctrine is decided by a popular vote of the Australian public. I mean, what, what's the Pope meant to sort of uh, say to the Lord, you know, look, we're sorry to tell you this, but um, some of your ideas, we've taken a vote and uh, we've decided you're wrong. What if, what if we vote that God doesn't exist anymore? Do we let the Lord know that he no longer exists? This idea from popular media hosts that uh, the church must follow popular culture is not only ridiculous, but if, if, if you did what they said, the church would become completely redundant because if the church followed culture, the church would have nothing to say to culture. You wouldn't need the church. But this is the way that popular media think. It's a little confronting, isn't it, for some. Um, the kingdom of God is not a democracy. And uh, somehow rather to think that if we make a vote, uh, we can change the kingdom. It just doesn't work that way. And sometimes a little bit of humility to be able to adjust in what kingdom really means. But it does demonstrate, doesn't it, James, just how secular Australia has become. Uh, when we think that somehow or other you can change Christian doctrine on a whim because of a vote. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right in, in the, your first statement there. Australia has become very secular. And so, you know, both Chris uh, O'Keefe and uh, Ben Fordham, I like both of them, but it just shows they understand very little about religion um, Christianity in particular. By the way, I think what we're seeing around the country right now, very few people understand much about Islam either, but that's a whole other topic. One of the other arguments that was made was by um, our New South Wales Premier, Chris Minns. Now, Chris Minns is a professing Catholic, but he told the media on, on the topic of this uh, Catholic girls' school forbidding girls to invite their lesbian girlfriends to the formal, our Catholic Premier said... I think in this day and age, that's how he began his statement. So he's repeating this idea that, well, the church should get with the times, right? And then he says, you should be able to take who you like to the formal. After all, we're talking about girls who are close to or over the age of 18. Well, for the, for the premier, he needs to understand it's not the girl's age that's the sticking point. It's the church's doctrine. These girls could be 75 with whiskers on their chin. And it still wouldn't change the fact that same-sex relationships aren't how Catholic schools roll because they're Catholic. And the fact that the Catholic premier himself seems to be oblivious to this fact is very concerning, not just about a secular culture, it's concerning about the church. Because if we've got church people who don't understand church doctrine, you wonder what's being taught from the pulpit. 
And isn't it interesting that the church finds itself at the center of these controversies because the church is not going to change, the Bible's words are not going to change anytime soon, and so when there is legislation, uh, somehow or other, the legislation has to have some level of exemption uh, for the church because the church is not changing. The church is very big and actually is still quite powerful uh, insofar as people have a vote. So exemptions shouldn't be sort of unusual, should it? Uh, but there are a lot of those uh, uh, opponents who would be saying that there should be no exemption for the church. What are your thoughts here? Well, I'm one who says uh, that it's good we have exemptions, but I'm upset at the same time that we need an exemption because religious freedom is a primary foundational human right. It shouldn't be an exemption. Neil, if the government give you an exemption to practice your faith, it means the government can remove that exemption so that you are no longer able to practice your faith. And the ability to practice your religious faith should not be a gift that the government gives to you. The government have no right to give it to you, and they certainly have no right to take it away from you. It's an innate right. Um, the Equality Australia CEO, Anna Brow, uh, she um, is a very powerful voice in this country speaking to government about equality, and uh, she claims to be anti-discrimination. But these people who are anti-discrimination are not anti-discrimination because they don't come to the argument value neutral. Um, she is um, pro-discrimination against uh, religious organisations. And, and you understand that when she says that, you know, they've been granted an exemption. In other words, we would rather they didn't have this freedom, but we've got to throw them this sop uh, to allow them to do what they do. Otherwise, there's going to be problems. You know, I was talking to Andrew Bolt some years ago, um, Andrew Bolt's a well-known uh, Herald Sun columnist and Sky News host. And I said to him, Andrew, how does the church communicate its doctrines without being offensive and getting people offside? And when I asked him this question, which I thought was a good question, he literally started to laugh. And I, I, said, I said, why are you laughing? Now, bear in mind, Andrew Bolt's not a Christian. But he said, James, if you don't want to get people offside, get out of the religion business. Don't you people preach heaven and hell, goats and sheep? Don't you talk about truth and falsehood? You are constantly dividing. That's the nature of religion. You either believe it or you don't. It's true or it's not. It has eternal consequences or it doesn't. So we ought not be surprised when our Christian doctrine creates um, division within the community. Jesus himself said, didn't he? I, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. And he's not talking about a literal sword of violence. He's talking about the fact that Christian doctrine, the word of God, divides people because some people want to embrace it and other people want to disobey it. And um, so we ought not be surprised when these conflicts come out in public. Well, there's something there we'll pick up very strongly from an Andrew Bolt. Uh, embrace the controversy. This is what actually, and as you say, uh, not to bring peace but the sword. I mean, in some sense here, there's something very biblical and very strong and we can embrace what Andrew Bolt says. Embrace the controversy and don't be too concerned about uh, being trampled over on your rights. This is all predicted that this would come. Hey, politicians, though, uh, New South Wales politicians, in the case that we're talking about today, uh, they're urging the school to change its stance. And no doubt there's lots of 
discussions going on around boardroom tables in the school about how they actually treat these sorts of issues. Uh, what are your thoughts about what politicians are arguing, uh, urging St Ursula's to change its stance? Yeah, you're right in saying politicians plural. It wasn't just the uh, Premier, his Education Minister, Prue Carr, um, she made the comment, you know, that you should be able to take who you want to the formal in 2023. So she's repeating this get with the times argument. It's interesting she hasn't made this argument to any Islamic schools. I'm not sure that uh, kids at Islamic schools can bring a same-sex partner to their formal. I'd love to see how the education minister goes with that one. But um, the, the, you'd think the education minister would understand faith-based schools are based on faith. Now, if you're going to argue that they can't um, uphold the tenets of their faith, well, then you effectively destroy faith-based schools. And there's a definite push from the progressive left to destroy faith-based schools by demanding that they employ teachers who don't necessarily share the faith. In fact, you should be, you should be employing teachers who live um, in opposition to the faith, some proponents from the left say. But the problem is if you destroy faith-based schools, you're only left with the public education system. And the public education system is not value neutral. Secularism, we've been told, is this, you know, well, it's just neutral. It's like Switzerland. But but clearly it's not. Um, There is a secular um, sexual morality that is pushed at every turn at the public schools. And if you want to take a same-sex partner to your school formal, enroll in the local state high school, and they will not only allow you to do that, they'll, they'll teach you all you want to know about LGBTQ, etc., etc., lifestyles. Faith-based schools exist for those families that don't want the public system. But if you take out the faith component, they become no different to the public system. And, of course, uh, as I said, there are those on the left who would seek to do that uh, in the name of anti-discrimination, but really what they're trying to do is to ensure that uh, all children are indoctrinated with um, the current uh, progressive narrative that is continually pushed in state schools. One of the big strengths in Australia is that there are so many uh, independent and Christian schools, and uh, let's include uh, other religious schools, but there is really quite a minority compared to the number of Christian schools. And as you say, James, faith-based schools are based on faith. And in some sense here, the number of Christian schools, the number of parents and families that have their children and teenagers enrolled in Christian schools have a tremendous opportunity for influence and leadership in light of this sort of controversy. Uh, But to take a stance and not be wishy-washy, because the influence doesn't come with wishy-washy, the influence comes with being able to stand and uh, fend off a few fiery darts. Uh, Would that be a fair enough way of saying how Christians ought to respond in in an education system? You know, uh, there's a a school in Brisbane that was in the media um, a couple of years ago, I think it was, and they were in the media because they put out a note to parents at the beginning of a school year just reminding them that um, they uh, teach biblical sexuality and that they teach that there are only two genders. Well, a couple of the parents from this school took the letter to the media and it, it ended up uh, becoming national headlines. Uh, they had protests out the front of this particular school in Brisbane from the LGBT community. 
And uh, the government in Queensland even talked about removing um, their uh, licence um, as an education institution and to remove funding. Um, the school um, stuck to its guns. And what was interesting when I spoke to leaders of that school some months later, I said, how's it affected you? They said it was a hectic time, but enrolments have gone through the roof. The fact is there are many, many people who want their children to be raised, even if they don't believe the Christian faith themselves. There's a lot of people who like the morality, who like the standards and who like the discipline and want that for their children. And so I, I just think the lesson here is that Christians ought not be afraid of the media. They ought not be afraid of the storm in the teacup. If you hold your ground and you don't need to be rude about it, you don't need to be impolite, but you simply hold your ground and state, look, this is who we are. No one puts a gun to your head and forces you to attend a Catholic school or an independent Christian school. It's a choice that some parents want to make, and they should have the right to make that choice. And we exist for those parents. And if you simply do that, what you find is that there are a lot of people who are looking for a school that won't buckle, that won't bend, where they know exactly what their children are going to be taught. Unlike the public system, where you only find out a month later that they had a drag queen come and read to your children. So uh, Christian schools in particular, but Christians generally, be polite, but stand firm in what you believe, because there's a lot of people right now with our culture having its feet firmly planted in midair, are looking for something or someone or somewhere that actually knows what they believe and is prepared to stand for it. So it's a hold tight, uh, don't budge. Uh, Catholic, Christians, independent schools. And of course, it's not just this issue we're talking about today, James, but uh, Christian schools are in the firing line. There are big moves, big pushes to water down the independence of those schools and uh, the staffing that they can have of Christian teachers that would make them to be Christian schools. If you do away with the Christian staff in the Christian school, it's not really that you've got much left of a Christian school. Uh, lots more to talk about, uh, but always appreciate your insights. James McPherson, independent journalist, political commentator, host of the Sky News program, The Late Debate. To connect with James, there's a way you can receive some daily blogs. In fact, uh, he's a prolific blog article writer. Uh, you can subscribe and receive those free in your inbox each day. jamesmcpherson.substack.com James McPherson, M-A-C-P-H-E-R-S-O-N dot substack dot com. Keep an eye out too for James' book, Woketopia, Laying Bare the Lunacy of Woke Culture. James, wonderful to get your insights. Thanks so much for those once again today on 2020. Always good to talk, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.